Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magic the Gathering podcast where we talk all things Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neill. Hiya! How are you doing this week, Sam? Um, not too bad. I've had a pretty abysmal day at work. Oh, no. Um, ah, you know. So stuff stuff happens. It's all fine. It's all fine. I'm okay. Work um, sucks. I know. Oh, God damn it. Um, you, you have definitely made that joke before on this podcast. Yeah, probably. And I definitely hated it last time as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it, I mean, it does, yeah, and you do. So, <laughs> perfectly reasonable. Um, yeah, I'm doing fine. I've uh, got some opinions on Modern Horizons and such. Yeah. Um, that, and, and perhaps some corrections and, and, a, and a formal apology I need to make. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've just spent my week uh, buying foil Modern Horizons snow covered mountains. Nice. Hashtag MTG Finance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's not MTG Finance, I'm just an idiot who wants foils for their BDH deck. <laughs> no, I, I think it's great. I think they're a great buy now. Like, any of the the, the full art uh, new Snowlands like in foil, like, they're all at, like, in a, a reasonable price now. Um, and I, I think as soon as we get, like, Kaldheim or whatever the snow plane's going to be spoiled, like, they're just going to shoot up in, in, in price. So, like, yeah, I guess that, that's my hashtag MTG Finance, like, buy them now. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, because they finally got to a reasonable price, because they, they started pre, pre-selling at, like, $30 SCG, and they're, uh, like, around, I don't know, like, 15 euros on card market. Yeah. Um, and I was like, that's, there's no way that's a correct price. And then, slowly, card market started to come down to a more reasonable price, and they're about 8 to 10 euros. And I was like, that's that's perfectly fine. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm okay buying it at that price, because I think I want them, specifically now, um, and... I think that that's a reasonable price to get them at because they will retain their value if not go up. Yeah. Um, and now they're selling on car market for between like four and seven euros. Yeah. Because the price the price is just tanked because there a lot less people want them than than was originally thought and a lot more have been opened than people thought. I think. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I think that that was the big thing sort of coming into this like Modern Horizons thing. Like we haven't, mm. we've never had a set like it before. We definitely haven't had like like a strange no MSRP set. I think people mm. were kind of unsure about like how much was going to get opened or not. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely been been an odd one, but I, it's it's quite interesting watching all of these prices move up and down now. Oh yeah, everything's everything's going completely wild. Um, so I, I currently own twenty foil snow covered mountains from Modern Horizons. Oh, nice, and they're amazing. They're like absolutely gorgeous. I like they're one of my favorite cards. I just can't, can't stop staring at them. Um, they're just really pretty. Um, but speaking of opening set cards from Modern Horizons, I did a single paper draft. Oh, nice! How uh, did you find last that? Wednesday? Um, it was good. It's like definitely the kind of thing. Where I was like, oh, I can't afford to do this. I don't mind not drafting Modern Horizons because it's expensive and I don't want to. And then someone offered to do a draft for nineteen pounds, including standard booster surprise support. Ooh, that's good. And I was like, hmm, I can't turn that down, even though I don't have nineteen pounds. Sat down for the draft. I went one two. Okay, that one win was a buy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I drafted a blue white, like flicker deck. Yeah, it was. It felt really cool. Like it was like so. I pack one pick onto Thundering Gin, which is the red blue. Um, yeah, the like uh, five mana three yeah. four that deals damage because of the number of cards um, you've drawn this turn to defending player. So I, I, I first picked that, and then red blue just sort of immediately dried up. I was like, okay, I'll move to something else, and I went for the, the white green because I got a, like a good fortune unicorn, like pack pick three. Nice. I was like, okay, I'm moving on this, and then uh, green started drying up, and I was like, oh dear. <laughs> so everything, everything, I just started started drying up. So I was um, until the end of pack two, I was half green white, half blue red. Yeah. 
I just had loads of cycling cards, and then I just ended up on blue white because I had like some of the flicker, and then like a lot of cycling cards. Um, it was really fun. I had a good time playing it. I had two pondering mages and ephemerating a ponder mage. Pondering mage is just absurd value. Yeah, that sounds cool. It's really good fun. But I um, don't even care how I did because pack two, I opened um, a red and six. Oh, nice. Yeah, which I needed for a commander deck. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Obviously. And then pack three. I opened uh, an Urza. Ooh, there we go. That's a good card. So I got two Mythics in three packs. <laughs> <laughs> so immediately sold that to fund the draft. Yeah. Better, better lucky than good, eh? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> um, I also got past a Giver of Runes. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah, that was nice. Um, so I had a really good time. Um, that was really good fun. I, I, made, I made Mad Valley. Sweet. Um, yeah, the format feels fun, but I'm never going to do it again because I'm poor. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm pretty much in the same boat. Like I, yeah. it was really fun. I definitely enjoyed it. Ugh, maybe I do want it a GP if I was pushed, but I would struggle to justify the the price. Um, well, saying that, I am going to do a Modern Horizon sealed uh, this weekend coming up. Uh, one of my stores is running one for the uh, the European Modern Championship. Is that what they're calling it? Oh yeah, the uh, uh, modern MCQ is basically right. Yeah, essentially, it's, yeah, yeah. That's effectively what they are. Um, yeah, yeah that, that whole thing looks really cool, and I really enjoyed when they were announced. Loads of modern players being like, "Oh, why are some of them limited?" I'm like, okay, because sometimes you have to play formats that aren't actual modern constructed yeah. <laughs> in order to qualify for the actual Mythic Championship. So um, that'd be cool. Modern Horizon Sealed is what it's like, like eighty pounds. It's like fifty quid, so it's uh... oh, far more reasonable. My mistake. Yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not great, but. I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of hinging on like not many people turning up because like, a it's limited and modern players don't want to play limited and b it's fifty quid. So, you know, I'll try and <laughs> try and spike That's... that one. I guess maybe. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, it's it's definitely a fun format. It's a great set. I I've enjoyed literally everything about it. It's probably my favourite set that's ever been released. Uh, at least while I've been playing. Um, yeah, I don't think yeah. I'd go as far as that, but I I. I all things considered, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty cool set. It's just a, a shame about the price. Mm, I mean, yeah, I say best set ever. Yeah, I do have a soft spot for Born of the Gods. Okay, okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's a, that is a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's possibly the worst set ever printed. I mean, it's not Fallen Empires, but like it's pretty bad. Oh, like Fallen Empires had hit, had him to rock. Like you can't you can't be hating on Fallen Empires that badly. Yeah, and Born of the Gods had Brimals and Corsair Crufigs. Yeah, which are much better than Hipstorak. Yeah, Fall Empires was still better than Homelands, which is you know oh, yeah, still sure. better than something like like Prophecy or like Judgment or something maybe. Hey, didn't Ho- Homelands have High Tide? Yes, High Tide. It had High Tide, uh, and it had. Uh, it's probably about it. I mean, it had like the meme cards like Joven and Chandler and all you know all of that that fun thing going on, but yeah. Anyway, enough about yeah. terrible cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you want to move on to talk about some good cards? Yeah, let's go for it. So, yeah, I'm going to issue a formal apology yes. um, about about well, I mean, a couple a couple Modern Horizons cards, but one in specifically, which I said was just stone unplayable, <laughs> um, <laughs> which would specifically be Icefang Quattle. Hey, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> your, your boy Icefang yeah. Quattle. So, just, just, just as a side note, Quattle? Kotal, Kotal, Kotal. I'm unsure. Um, it's difficult in these British accents where we don't pronounce the letter T. Yeah. Kotal, <laughs> <laughs> um, right? Or Kowatal? I, I honestly don't know. I, I think I think anything's fine. We all know the like, card you're referring to. 
Yeah, because I've never had to like discuss a Kotal before. Yeah. Um, except for like what winged winged Kotal. Yeah, uh, I guess like, like like I assume it's like uh, is it Ketakotal, the um, the Southern American god. Yeah, that sounds like reasonable. It's just it just it's just a snake with wings, right? Yeah, Kotal. But I didn't. I, I suppose called it Kotal because it was like a card I'd seen in a Commander a couple of times. It didn't really matter. Yeah. And then it took me staring at Icefang Kotal to note to realize, and this is an incredibly late and embarrassing point to realize this, but it's just the word coat with an L on the end. <laughs> sure. I didn't... How did I notice that? Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so I said that cop is terrible um, if we didn't have snow jewels. It's like a snow shock or something, or some kind of jewel land with the the land types that made snow mana. Yeah. Right? I said it was completely unplayable. Turns out I was very wrong. And that card is actually very good. Um, and I've bought a playset and I'm going to play the card. <laughs> <laughs> So that's like a complete 180 from saying this is stone unplayable to I'm going to play this in my actual constructed modern deck. Yeah, it, it definitely felt like a point of contention between the two of us. I think, like, you know, the obvious comparison is uh, Baleful Strix, and it is not Baleful it's, Strix. It is far it's from Baleful Strix. Strix. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think as the data shows, it is it is just about good enough, right? Yeah, it seems that way. And I think just the fact that snow mana bases are kind of a lot less hard to build than we thought um which given you know another card that i also said was kind of bad which was prismatic vista yeah um it turns out three color fetch lands are actually kind of okay (laughs) (laughs) if you just need to find the color so like we're so used to fetch shock mana bases where you just grab a fetch and find like a steam vents or a temple garden or whatever and that counts as fixing but it's just like okay well finding a basic isn't actually that bad if you're not stupid <laughs> and, and, and like you it, it means you have to think about it more rather than just like oh I'll just fetch the shock and it doesn't matter what what kind of manner i need for the rest of the game yeah uh like blood moons and ghost quarters aside um but yeah it turns out that's okay like the three color snow decks are really good so you've got like a saltai snow deck like leveraging dead of winter and stuff like that and ice van coil i can't even say the word anymore quote <laughs> I, I, I don't care um and then like there's been like a bant version which is what I'm playing, yeah. obviously. Because <laughs> it's playing Knight of the Relicary and Teferi and Khan. And I'm a big fan. Um, but that card's really good. Turns out it's actually putting up results. And uh, I sincerely apologise to Icefang Coil. And I should have some arriving in the post any day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's another card that I think I also didn't give enough credit to. Yeah. Uh, which is Giver of Runes. Yeah. I said it was okay. I was excited about it. But I didn't think it was that good. And it turns out. If you play it in Infect, it's just really good. Yeah. Do you, do you know what's better than a two mana spell scout? What's better than a two mana spell scout? A one mana spell scout you don't have to pay life for. Nice. <laughs> and I mean that's 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 very much not a fair comparison because spell scout you know stops multiple cow spells, yeah. cow spells, uh, removal spells, and stuff like that, and is also an O four that can block for days. Um, but if you put Giververines in Infect, you just get to untap with it. They have to have two removal spells. And if you're killing them on an early turn, as you're doing with Infect, which tends to kill on turn three or four, then having two removal spells that they can cast is very difficult. Yeah. And couple that with um, Blossoming Defense and Vines of Basswood and stuff like that. It's just very, very powerful. Um, but fortunately, it has not um, signaled the rise of Death and Taxes in Modern. Yeah. Which I'm incredibly happy about because that deck still sucks. <laughs> sure, sure. I just hate that deck. And then so I, I think one... I think the, the big one, the uh, mm-hmm. the elephant in the room, or I guess the the arisen necropolis in the room, for want of a, a better word, 
It's uh, Hogak Arisen, Arisen Necropolis. Like everybody else, we kind of missed that guard. Um, yep. Yeah, so I think, like, at the time when it was spoiled, I was pretty much like, well, sure, it looks good, but it kind of just looks a little bit win more. Is this, like, does, like, does the deck need it? Is it going to see play? Yeah, it turns out it's just amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, we touched on the deck last week, right? Yeah. What about the fact that it dom- dominated the... Um... The what was whatever the event was, which one was it? Uh, well, it was the magic. It was it was all of the, just the modern leagues and um, the modern challenge as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we touched we touched briefly last week and talked about how busted Hogarth the Eras and Necropolis is. Yeah. Um, another side note: I keep hearing people call it Hogarth. Hogarth. <laughs> like 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 you know the kid from the movie The Iron Giant. Yeah. The little kid is called Hogarth. <laughs> That's I like funny. that because I really like The Iron Giant. It's a really good movie. Um, yeah, but it turns out I think just I, I, I managed to play a few games with it. Um, yeah. One of my friends had built had built it and like been aggressively trading for Hogarks at a reasonable price. Um, and yeah, it's really busted. <laughs> it's it's really really stupid. But like you said, um, we all kind of missed it at the time. Yep. Um, it turns out Delve cards are still busted. Yeah. I think that's um, it, right? Like the fact that it every time they've printed Delve, it's been like problematic in some way or another. Like obviously, like mm-hmm. Tombstalker was decent at the time, the first time they printed Delve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kanzataka con- contained many, many, many cards that instantly impacted all of the formats. Yep. Uh, and now, yeah, this one has, uh, has certainly had an impact on modern. Yeah, definitely, especially when you can just power it out. Thanks to uh, something else like Elzadink Gravity, which is Ultra Dementia. Yeah. Um, that card just doesn't seem reasonable. <laughs> Agreed. When I, when, I, when I saw it spoiled, I was like, oh, cool, it's a reprint of that. It's needed a reprint. It hasn't been printed since Conspiracy, and the price is kind of getting up there. Yeah. I need one for a Commander deck. Hope maybe I can pick one up for like two bucks because, you know, it's just a nice little reprint. Yeah. Uh, it turns out that card's actually really, really good and uh, just powers the Bridgevine Hogarth strategy. Um, and I was just kind of surprised I don't know I, I I didn't expect that card to be one of the breakout cards on the set yeah agreed um, definitely it's it's just it's the engine right because it, it puts your bridges in the graveyard it um, puts your cards for Hogarth into the graveyard it triggers your bridge to make zombies to convoke out Hogarth yeah. it then mills you to power the entire deck and then eventually it's your win condition to mill your opponent out yeah the entire deck revolves around Alter Dementia. It's just absurd, honestly. Um, I think one of the saving graces of the of this deck being powerful is that the meta sort of shifted, and it just like most of the time it just can't be a lay down a void or a rest in peace. Yeah, it has a better time um, being like one shot effects like Surgical and uh, Ravenous Trap and Torment Script, Relic Progenitor, stuff like that because you can just rebuild like. I played against a few games against Tron, where he just had the Relic of Progenitus and popped it because it was getting scary, yeah. and then I just rebuilt because it wasn't that difficult. Um, difficult to beat against Khan the Great Creator, right? Yeah, for sure. Khan the the Great Creator is a one-sided stony side. Well, sort of. So, like, you can also just play the uh, Force of Vigor in your sideboard. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, 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 I've seen it win through the uh, through the Khan lock. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it just it, it also mentions an artifact and if you just get canned then it's yeah. kind of difficult um but yeah because like with with like surgicals and stuff it's like 
I mean, surgical is kind of different because if you surgical the Hogark, then whatever. But you can still make a bunch of tutus of bridge, yeah, um, and and stuff like that. Um, and then the same with Tormod script and, and relic and whatever. But like rest in peace and Leon of the void, they just stone kill you, and then you have to draw like your cyborg wisp mares, which is my least favorite card that's currently seeing one play. <laughs> like I I I like it because you know it's a one mana. Um, destroy target enchantment that also triggers bridge when it dies because you evoke it. Yeah, like that's that's sweet. But also you have to sideboard in the godless shrine. <laughs> like Jesus. Uh, but it's I mean it's fine. Um, but yeah, like beating the deck seems okay, and it just seems like the the sort of affinity problem where affinity is really really good until people start playing stony silence and then it just can't win a game. And it feels very similar to this <clears throat> this bridge deck where it, it feels unstoppable, and then someone's just like, what if we just start playing rest in pieces? And then people play enough rest in pieces in the sideboard, and you just can't win a game with the deck. Yeah, I, I don't know. I still feel like it might just be a little bit too good. Um, mm-hmm. It's just, it's just the fact that it, it can play, you know, it can play, play the free hate cards in its sideboard anyway. Like playing with, with like four ley lines, four force of it going in the sideboard of that deck. It's pretty good. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I feel like they, they probably won't look at banning anything anytime soon because it's kind of embarrassing right like you release this is set that's meant to be sort of designed with modern in mind and then you have to ban one or two of the cards for being too good it breaks it in half yeah but, yeah i think you know a couple a couple that powerful strategy with with the london mulligan which really really does make games two and three a lot more consistent um yeah i, I think that's part of the problem sometimes. also yeah, also like I think that's the thing because we, when the Lunar Mulligan was happening, we had the uh, the Neo Brand deck yeah. from Magic Online. People were testing with the Lunar Mulligan, and it was just it felt busted. And I think that's that's part of the problem as well. Like, like I'm a big fan of the Lunar Mulligan. Um, I, I think it's a good thing that it's, it's in the game. It used a lot of non games, all, all, all that stuff, all the yeah. all the good things about the Lunar Mulligan. That again was a U turn from my initial my initial feelings for the Lunar Mulligan. Yeah, but, sure. Um, yeah, it's just these kind of like linear combo decks that need to get to certain pieces and then the rest sort of falls into place by itself. Like that's kind of a problem with 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 this new Mulligan rule, I guess. But we'll have to see how it plays out. Like it's definitely beatable. If you if you want to beat it, you can. Yeah. Um and it, it definitely it, it operates on a single axis. It doesn't really have a backup plan. Whereas other decks like have backup plans of like attacking you with creatures or like some kind of other threat. But yeah. this just has the graveyard and if you can't use your graveyard then you just lose. Yeah. Um which is which is fine. So I guess this leads to my favorite point that I want to make is that this is uh, definitely not Commander Masters. Yes, agreed. Yeah. <laughs> so that was that was sort of a meme that was going around. So, oh, it's just Commander cards. Like, no, these these are all just for for Commander players. There's nothing for modern here. There's nothing competitive that people are going to play. I'm like, oh, look how look how wrong you were. <laughs> like, literally every deck has been putting up results in the five O leagues or whatever is yeah. playing some Modern Horizon cards somewhere. Like. I mean, so between the cards we've just mentioned, so Prismatic Vista, Ice Van Quattle, Giver of Runes, Ultra Dementia, Hogark, you've also got like Elod Armory's Call, this thing playing like the Druid decks and yeah. Creature decks, which I'm hoping finally means the end for Court of Calling, because <laughs> Court of Calling sucks. Um, for some reason, Hex Drinker is seeing play, despite it being a terrible, terrible magic card. That is a hill I will die on, by the way. Sure. I, yeah, I agree with you on that one, definitely. Terrible. Uh, Season Pyromancer, seeing quite a bit of play. Yeah. York Moth, seeing quite a bit of play. Stuff like Kaya's Guile, um, also seeing play. Um, just all of this stuff that's like making it like making impact on the format. Ranger Captain of Eos, like all these things are seeing play, and it's not just a flash in the pan. Yeah. Um, like Carrion Feeder, all of this nonsense. Like, 
It's like, oh, there's nothing, there's nothing here. It's like every deck's every deck's playing some cards, like, um, like Dead of Winter stuff like that. I just the the Horizon Lands, the Canopy Lands, whatever you want to call them. They're seeing play. So it's made a huge, it's made a huge impact. Yeah, and agreed. Even Force of Negation, which I also said was terrible, <laughs> that's that's also seeing some play. Like. I just yeah it, that entire thing annoyed me at the time anyway because I was like well no there are there are definitely cards regardless of whether it's been proven or not there are definitely cards that we'll see play yeah. um, and it turns out it was a lot more than we were initially expecting I think I mean the only deck that hasn't got anything is just Tron right like Tron got nothing um, I mean it it can play a couple of cards in the sideboard like you can play a Force of Vigor in the sideboard if you want to do that thing uh, or you can play like a Collector Oof in the sideboard maybe um, but mm-hmm. Yeah, Tron didn't really get anything, but and then I don't really think Tron needed anything, especially since it, it gets the London Mulligan. That's pretty beneficial for Tron. Yeah, that's not bad. And you just accidentally draw Tron on turn three anyway, because yeah, yeah. you're lucky. Just mark the back of your sleeves. They'll be fine. Oof. <laughs> but what if I don't want to get disqualified from a Mythic Championship and then kicked out of the Hall of Fame and then banned from Magic? Just don't get caught. Don't get. <laughs> oh, I see. My bad. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah. What if What if I go to like a judge conference and tell people about how how I'm always cheating and saying judges are bad for not catching me cheating and teaching them how to catch cheaters better, but then continue to cheat at magic tournaments? How about that? I mean, as long as you write uh, a nice apology letter to the coast, I'm sure everybody there will believe you and you'll uh, you'll get a second chance. Oh, really? That's how these things work, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure. I'm sure that's definitely the case. Sweet. Um, yeah. So now I'm, I'm extending my, my hot takes to cheaters are bad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like cheaters. So there's just a, a little question I wanted to ask, I guess. Which has had more of an impact on modern? Uh, modern Horizons or War of the Spark? Uh, I still think War of the Spark. Um, I think mm-hmm. Modern Horizons cards are generally seeing a bit more play than I thought they would. Yep. But I think War of the Spark led to like just just completely new archetypes uh you've yeah. got like you know shenanigans of narset you got shenanigans of khan uh like the neobrand deck became a became a thing mm-hmm. yeah neobrand and you, you've got like teferi obviously seeing a lot of play like the blue white the blue white control deck just looks like a standard deck yeah teferi just gets a lot better um well yeah teferi sees some play so blue white gets better uh, yeah like you, you can play narset in the blue white deck or there's like the the narset draw sevens deck that's going around as well like so many so many mm-hmm. just new strategies that uh yeah that war the spark allowed yeah and as like stuff like finale of devastation and all that nonsense finale of promise in the phoenix decks yeah. um, just a lot of a lot of good stuff so i don't know i think i uh, outside of us i mean let's be fair though modern horizons has like sort of created the the snow decks if you want to call them that because of ice van coil yeah and they're cha- changing the mana bases quite drastically with Prismatic Vista and like the Hogarth deck like Bridgeline was a thing but this is definitely certainly like a brand new build of it with Hogarth Karen Feeder and Ultra Dementia so yeah. it has had like a big a big sort of impact on the format it definitely it, it's, it's had a I would say it's definitely had an impact on the format but it's more so to reinforce decks that already existed decks and strategies that already existed as opposed to you know mm-hmm. give birth to some, some brand new ones sure that makes sense sweet so Modern Horizons spoilers didn't feel like they were that long ago, right? Correct. And we yeah. f- we finally have the set in our hands, and um, Modern Horizons has been out officially released for at, at time of recording what three days? Uh, you yeah, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Today's Monday. Yeah, yeah, three days. 
have you have you missed the spoilers do you feel like you need brand new spoilers while you're still opening this set and playing with the new cards and brewing and having just got back of the previous spoilers? do you feel like you want some more spoilers um i mean i'm always in the mood for mood for a spoiler season okay so you're not some kind of magic related masochist <laughs> <laughs> who just loves spoilers say you're like a generic magic player that just wants to sort of play with the cards as they get them and then maybe have a chance to, to open the set and draft the set before yeah. being forced to you kind of ruined my bit <laughs> i'm not gonna lie um Look, i'm, ju- I'm well, just an addict and i'm not gonna lie about that <laughs> oh yeah absolutely i mean so am i but it's still i feel like getting too much yeah. um so we've had all these things and I'm still excited about Modern Horizons and I'm still looking for cards and picking up cards and people are still brewing and, and yet we have uh, Corset 2020 spoilers yes. already, already, and it's upsetting. Yeah, I think, so when, we was had, the, when, was the, when was the first one spoiled? Uh, we had a couple which we just touched on last week, the uh, the new Chandra card. And that was before Modern Horizons was actually released. And that was before Modern Horizons was released, yeah. So they're spoiling cards for the next set before the previous set had even been technically released. Yeah. That's absurd. <laughs> that's too much. It just gets a lot, doesn't it, you know? Yeah. Just magic, magic, magic. No, 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 that's what I want to do, but I want to just have breathing room and, and play and not have to worry about keeping up and all these cards that might be playable in certain formats and, and have to figure out what goes where. I just want to have cards, put them in my decks and play with them for a few months and then <laughs> think about the next thing. But now I've just got the back of that and like, you know, picking up cards from Modern Horizons for Modern Decks and Commander Decks and Legacy Decks and, and what have you and foils for whatever. And I'm suddenly thinking about these new cards that we've got. And we've had like, it's not just been like the Chandras and then that's it because we wanted to give you a little flavour. Yeah. We've had like 20 spoilers today. <laughs> like it's it's been pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It, spoiler season is, is well and truly underway. Uh, as of time of recording we have 34 out of 280 cards from Corset 2020. Jesus Christ. So I, I think the I think part of the problem is kind of like the fact that we and I guess a lot of the people that we're interacting with are like fully enfranchised players like we play a lot of formats we mm-hmm. were definitely a target you know, members of the target audience for Modern Horizons mm-hmm. yeah. whereas that's not necessarily the case for uh, for standard sets I mean, especially the core sets as well I think that's very much the the uh, the realm of like the the new players, the more casual players, and I think the arena players definitely. So I, I think that while it feels like a lot to us, it might not necessarily feel like that to a lot of Magic players. Um, yeah, sure, they might have seen seen the, the new cards being spoiled for Modern Horizons, sort of here, there, and everywhere. But if you're somebody who just plays arena, or you're, you're quite new to the game and you only play arena, or you just play casually, like that might not be a set that you cared about, so you haven't really gone looking for those sort of things thinking well you're never going to play with those cards anyway Uh, whereas anything that's going to be new to standard or anything that's going to be on arena might be sort of more in in your wheelhouse yeah I guess that makes sense I guess it is just sort of us in franchise players but I guess most of the players that I interact with are in franchise players right they're they're people that that constantly consume magic content and always looking at stuff actually I'm not sure if, if that's just me um, it might just be me and 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 obviously you. Um, just it, I guess it's it's mainly just us. But I mean, there's there's certainly. But I mean, that's the that's the thing. It's like, so this was the Modern Horizons was, was for the enfranchised players, for the modern players, yeah. the, you know, the legacy, the legacy players, of, for example, all, all the commander players and stuff. Like we're still looking at standard spoilers because one, I'm still interested in standard. I like to keep up to date with it, even though I don't Definitely. play competitively. Like I play on Arena, but like I don't consider that to be competitively. I just choose the best the best deck I own the cards from <laughs> player. Um, but we're still looking at cards, right? And like yeah. whether that's something somebody breaks through into the eternal formats, or whether I want to pick something up for a commander deck or anything like that, or like how the draft format is because I like drafting standard sets. Yeah. And it's just 
Like it's definitely it's I, piling I, up. Yeah, I, I I do agree. I, I I think while it might not be the experience for every Magic player, I do think that for enfranchised players, it's just been spoiler season after spoiler season. I mean, the fact that there were cards from Core Twenty Twenty spoiled before um, Modern Horizons been released, I think I think that's kind of like the, the big sort of problematic part I think really like oh you haven't got time to even thinking about opening this set yet because it's not released but before you do open this new set have a look at these cards from this new new set which is coming out in three weeks time that's the thing like we had it with um, Conspiracy 2 which was uh, a really sweet set yeah. had a lot of uh, very playable cards um, a lot of cool cards a lot of good lore and a very nice and enjoyable draft format if you're into multiplayer magic which I know that you are. You love multiplayer magic. Oh, yeah. You said it many times, um, and it just sort of got forgotten about because you got to draft it once, and then the next set was here, like the next standard set. Yeah, um, it got completely overshadowed, and it was a real shame because Conspiracy was a fantastic set. Yeah, and we just we just didn't hear about it. You know, um, we we didn't have enough time to process it because you you sort of you felt like you had to keep up with the standard set because Conspiracy didn't really matter. Yeah, um, and Modern Horizons certainly matters, and we will care about it more than we did Conspiracy, but it still feels like we have to move on far too quickly and i mean like i know you don't care about this specifically but like the new commander decks are coming out yeah. soon and we have a, we have a spoiler season for those um so we'll get cards for that and it's like i mean they release in august so like we are pretty much off the back of m20 spoilers we're gonna have those spoilers and then just jesus it's <laughs> it is it is honestly tiring and you feel like you're missing out and like yeah. you know i have a job so like sometimes i'll be work, I'll be at work and i'll miss like 20 cards that have been spoiled and I'll miss random price spikes and discussions on stuff and it, it just it just gets a lot you know yeah for sure I, I, I definitely um, agree I, I think specifically for the unfranchised players it's just it's just kind of been like a barrage of like right what's next what's next what, what's next like almost to the point where you start to think like is it is it some sort of like conspiracy like do they just want to bombard us with spoilers continuously and just get us thinking about the next thing so we forget about the things that have just happened like I mean, you know if you think about like the massive uproar there was over like uh, you know the the price of mod- of, uh, of ultimate masters boxes first of all and then people forgot about that quickly because it was like hype 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 Ravnica next set everything's here war of the spark hype 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 and then, oh, Wolf the Spark Mythic Edition. Oh no, forget that. Modern Horizon spoilers are here. It's just, yeah, it's one thing after another after another. Yeah, and then forget about Hogark. Here are the M20 spoilers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's slightly different because one, Hogark is still something we're not going to forget about because we're yeah. going to have to still play modern and still get killed by it. And two, generally, core spoilers are far less interesting. Yeah. We will get onto some specifics from this spoiler we've already had that are definitely not not interesting. But generally, like, they're less sort of oh my god than every other set yeah for sure Sick. yeah so uh, i guess before we uh before we dive in with cards that have been spoiled so far uh i i, I mean this, this essentially this time last week I, I put together a small list of cards that i think uh would be nice if we got to see them reprinted in this set mm-hmm. yeah uh so I, I i don't know how possible some of these are now uh, now that we've we've seen some of the cards that have been spoiled but yeah I'm just going to go run them down so, yeah so I guess here, here's a, a list of cards that I would like to see reprinted in this set so I guess we start off with uh, number one Containment Priest yeah I like this one when, yeah. you, when you first suggested this card to me I thought it was really it was a really you're really clever Joe you're really <laughs> smart you know 
Probably, got, like, your, probably got your Imagine Olives together. It, it, it just it was the one that was missing from Modern Horizons, and for me, it was a card that I might not even play in Modern that much. But it just it felt like it was missing. It felt like it was it was necessary. Sad to see it not being included, but sure, like maybe the reason for them not including it was because it was going to be in the core set. So I thought, hey, maybe that's that would be cool. It'd be a card that'd be nice to see in modern, and I don't think it would have too much of an effect on standard. It might see minimum amount of play with uh, things like the Arclight Phoenix decks see being a thing still. Yeah, when tinfoil hat theories go right. Yeah. Um, that's the thing, because like, it would have been nice to have Containment Priest because it sort of stops this Hogarth deck, uh, which I guess we didn't know at the time. Uh, stops Phoenix, stops Gorio's Vengeance, stops Kites of Company and Chord of Calling and Finale of Devastation, whatever nonsense. So it's a nice little slowdown that also just dies to literally every removal spell in the format if you want to get rid of it. Yeah. Um, it's just it's just a nice include in like having flash and stuff. It, like it stops all of these sort of degenerate decks that we're scared of. It like stops Neoform and whatever. Um, so it's been a nice little include, but also it feels it feels like a corset card. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you know, so we had like random stuff. So like kind of white creatures that have hate bear type effects tend to be kind of corset like. So I mean, we had like Hushwing Griffin M15, yeah, stuff like that. It just it just feels like we had like Remorseful Cleric in M19. Um, it feels kind of corset, and yeah. it would also make it legal in modern where it's needed. And like you say, like wouldn't do that much to standard. Like it would stop the Phoenix. Decks. Yeah, definitely. It, it's a card that I feel could easily be printed pretty much anywhere as well. Like it's not it's not tied to a specific plane. So you know, even if it's not in this corset, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it at some point in the in the future. They could reprint it with the uh, masterpiece art. That'd be nice. Yeah, they could. That would be cool. I like that art a lot. Yeah, me too. Sick. Sick. So next up, uh, I've got just another card that I feel like could really do for reprint. Is uh, well, another reprint, I guess, is Chalice of the Void. So uh. <laughs> I, I feel like this is a card that would see. I mean, it would sort of fit the slot of like Crucible of the Worlds, like Crucible of the Worlds did in uh, Corset 2019. It's a card that sees some eternal, well, sees a, a decent amount of, of play in eternal formats, but might not necessarily impact the uh, standard format so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't see it being that playable in standard because one drops do nothing and yeah. casting it on two. Like, it's it, it yeah, it, it would just and again, it kind of feels like what they've been trying to do with core sets is kind of introduce some cards that might be sort of eternal playable a bit. Yeah, um, and putting a nice reprint in there, especially with a certain reprint that we've uh, we've had today that we will get onto in a minute. Yeah, um, it's not the kind of card where like they'll just put it in there because it won't do much in standard, like like omniscient, scapeshift, and crucible of worlds. Yes, right. Yeah, like, yeah. That, that, that's a, that sets a good precedent for like these cards are basically unplayable in standard, but they needed a reprint and they're nice to have. And this is a really good, really good place to put them where like you, like you said, like it's not tied to a plane. We don't have to worry about that. Um, so yeah, something like Chalice Void, for God's sake, print it with the Modo Sen McKinnon art. Yeah, yeah, the art's just absurdly good. Agreed. Sweet, yeah, I like where you're going so far. Awesome. Uh, next up is Phyrexian Revoker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Planeswalkers are a thing, right? Um. Yes, they're they're quite quite playable in the standard currently. Yeah. This stops them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I feel like it's it's just one of those cards that is good to have in the format, or like just sort of like a pithing needle effect. Um. Yeah, and I think for whatever reason they don't seem to want to put Pithing Needle into the format anytime soon. Um, um yeah. So maybe I don't know. Maybe just um, maybe Phyrexian Revoke is the way to do it. Yeah, I like it because we've had the uh, Sorcerer's Spyglass, right? That's yeah. still t- t- like it's still currently legal and standard. And you could be playing it if you really wanted to hard 
hard dunk on the, the Super Friends decks or Super Heroes deck, whatever it's been called yeah. now. Um, the Super Heroes deck is specifically... Uh, just, anyway, I'm going on a tangent. Um, putting on a 2-1 body is fine. We've had it in a core set before. It didn't break standard then. Having another little way to interact with Planeswalkers is always nice. Um, and you can play it in any deck. That's always yeah. nice as well. And printing a card with Phyrexian in the name is often very difficult outside of core sets. Yeah, so, absolutely. I'm a... I'm a fan of that. That sounds, that sounds good to me. Awesome. Next up, I have Disallow. I missed that card. Yeah, I missed that card so much. Like, again, Planeswalkers are a thing. Uh, Disallow allows you to counter Planeswalker abilities, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, yeah, it's, it's one of those cards where I feel like you... So it's got a kind of like a, a bit of a non-specific name, for want of a better term, where you could probably just put it in like any set. But I think specifically with a core set focusing around Chandra... Uh, we know mm-hmm. there'll be some references to Kaladesh in there, so maybe you can just just straight up reprint the card as it was in uh, in Kaladesh. I think I think wizards know what they're doing when they print a card and name it something like Disallow. Yeah, like um, similar with stuff like Dissolve and stuff like I mean, specifically card spells. But you you can if you name it something nondescript, you can print it wherever you want if a format needs it. So even at the last minute, you can be like, okay, we need something like Disallow in this set or. We saw all the time like they they tend to print stuff like shock and um, negate and and stuff like that. They can just put it anywhere that, that they need. And designing a cat spell as universally playable as it was and as as, as sort of well designed as it was is certainly something that could could happen. I, I'd like to see it back because I mean having Dovin's veto be the best cat spell feels kind of bad currently. Yeah, agreed. I think Dovin's veto is a fine card, but. Mm-hmm. I, it's certainly not disallow. I, I, again, I think my my main sort of driving factor behind it was like just the ridiculous amount of planeswalkers we're seeing. Um, the fact that there's mm-hmm. currently no way to interact with the the new Chandra uh, that makes the emblem. Like <laughs> just being able to, to disallow that seems something that would be quite nice. Oh yeah, I definitely want to talk about it in a bit. That card is uh, an absurd design. <laughs> um, specifically, that emblem thing is just uh, kind of nuts. Sweet, hit me with your next one. Cool. Next up, we've got the Painlands. Hell yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just great. I feel like possibly every core set should just have them. Um, uh, specifically, I wanted like the ally ones, because it's been a little while, I think. Oh yeah, stuff like uh, Brushland and yeah, yeah. Carpalooze in the Forest. and So, so, so yeah, they've been, they've been printed in like Commander decks occasionally, like a couple of them, like Underground River and whatever. Yeah. But just having them in standard would be nice, because they don't print um, ally... I mean, the thing is, though, they print Alakoda uh, lands all the time. Yeah. And the enemy ones we had in M15 and, M- and, and Magic Origins was kind of like, it was nice to have the, the enemy lands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, printing the ally ones would be, would, would be nice. Um, yeah, I think just any of them would do, but specifically because we haven't had, you know, some of those cards for a while in standard, mm-hmm. it would be cool to see them back. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're just good. Like, I think once we, once we lose some of the, the lands uh, after rotation, uh, it would be nice to have some good playable lands in their place. And yeah, I think they're just always just a solid choice. The pain lands, they're good. I don't know. I kind of like printing the checks. Yeah. I think I, I, I like check lands. They're always a good place for standard. And obviously they're about to rotate out with the Dominaria next land. So it'd be kind of nice to have those, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll settle for anything. But uh, yeah, I do think if I had to choose, pain lands would definitely be, be up there on my list. Yeah, sure. That sounds good. Awesome. Uh, next up was Harbinger of the, of the Tides. You'll have to uh, remind me what that does. So <laughs> that is a card from Magic Origins. Uh, it is a mm-hmm. merfolk. So it's kind of like my reasoning behind it. Was, uh, it is a blue-blue for a 2-2 merfolk wizard. You may cast Harbinger of the Tides as though it had flash if you pay two more to cast it. 
When it enters the battlefield, you may return target top creature and opponent controls to its owner's hand. That's the one, I remember it now. Yeah. Um, so why do you want this one? I feel like Merfolk was never quite a thing, and it would be nice for them to get sort of one last hurrah before Ixalan rotates out. Now, could you imagine if Merfolk has just been unplayable this entire time, and then suddenly get, they get this and make the deck really good, and they get to play it for like a few months? <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have a habit of doing that, right? Like printing cards for really odd mechanics that are about to rotate out that just make yeah. the deck busted and then it rotates. Yeah, definitely. Let's let some people have some fun. People like Tribal. People like Merfolk for some strange reason. But uh, well, God, God knows why. Yeah, but yeah, I just think it would be it would be cool to see this card. Um, it's also a wizard, so maybe there's some synergy there with the uh, the Dominaria Wizards matter spells as well. Naban. N- N- no, maybe. Well, yeah. stuff like that, like Wizards Lightning and Wizards Retort. Uh, so, like, maybe you could just play it in like the Mono Blue Tempo deck for a little while until most of that rotates. I, yeah, I just think it would be one of those cards that it might have a decent impact on the format, but if only temporarily. And I think that's fine sometimes. Yeah, I like I like that. Um, I don't know. It's it's not a card that was on my list of things to reprint. I I like printing things for like. I don't bring staples like something like Dissolar feels like they kind of be like a sort of staple card that should just be in standard just generally yeah. all the time like 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 negate and shock and then cards where you can like cause using courses as a place to reprint cards that because I mean we're out of reprints right like we have no real good places to reprint modern cards a lot of the time yeah corsets with, um, are the best the places yeah now we know that like mm-hmm. corsets are fifty percent reprints fifty percent uh, new cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good place to just place put to these it. cards that yeah it's a it's a good place to put these cards so like standard players can open a booster pack and be like oh sweet i got this card that's worth 30 dollars that i don't want to use so i can trade it for other cards um and obviously it just increases the the amount in the market for play people like us that want to own their play sets of like modern staples and stuff yeah cool so what's after harbinger of the tides uh after that was phyrexian rager phyrexian rager yeah not tybalt's rager not tybalt's rager no way phyrexian rager we need um, to stop naming cards that sound like boners i'm sorry <laughs> i know rager doesn't mean the same thing in the states but jesus christ i just can't get over it yeah well i mean yeah so we've already got tybalt's rager in the format so why not have a rager phyrexian rager yeah rager tribal <laughs> uh, um, yeah i, I yeah, figured okay. it would just be cool to have in a draft format and again like when do you get to play, print cards with Phyrexia on the on the name? Yeah, also a sick reprint for Pauper, right? Yeah, yeah sure, sure, if that's your thing. Uh, yeah, I figured it would be mm-hmm. cool to see it in the draft format. Um, and I don't know, maybe maybe it's fringe playable. I don't know, I mean, we've had Dusk Legion Zealot for God knows how long, and that's been basically stone and playable, right? That's true, that is true. Um, it's, it's a 2-2. It, yeah, it's, it's a 2-2, it's a cool card, it's a fine card. yeah. yeah. Fraction Rager is like strangely one of my favorite cards. I just like that design a lot. Yeah, I think it's it is. It's just a fantastically designed card, and it, yeah, it would just be cool to see it. A three mana two two with a sweet value. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay. For the for the draft format, like that, that's absolutely great. Um. So just like it's basically just a blade juggler, right? Yeah, essentially. Oh, just reprint blade juggler. God damn, love that card. <laughs> cool. What's after Fraction Rager? Awesome. So I guess my my last one. So of the my my number eight of the top eight. Uh, we've got Abbot of Carol Keep. But we can't do that anymore because we already know it's Jaya and Jaya's already like a thing. We can't have them both legal and standard, right? Yeah. That would be confusing so. for the law geeks. Yeah. Oh, well. Ah. <laughs> so my thinking with this one again was like Chandra focus set. Um, we're going to see the, the Abbey at some point, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and Abbot of Carol Keep was just a great card in standard at the time. Uh, and I, yeah, it would just be nice to see it back. Do the words "steam" runaway steamkin mean nothing to you? 
I mean, we already have, like, Chandras that care about elementals, so I don't think they mean a lot to Wizards of the Coast anyway. <laughs> it's a fair point. I mean, uh, I don't know. That seems kind of dangerous, because the Monorad deck is already, like, nuts. Yeah. Uh, like, putting Abbot of Carol Keep in there just seems, like, a little bit dangerous, maybe? Agreed. I don't know. I I think it's... I think now we've seen a lot more of the set now, it probably would be a mistake to put it in, possibly, mm-hmm. but... I, I think it would be a card that I would quite like to see return to standard at some time, sometime soon. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't mind. Like, if we if we have, like, Chain Whirler rotating out, I guess I'm kind of okay with having, like, another card that sort of takes the red deck in a different direction. Yeah, for sure. Um, So I, I kind of like that, but, I mean, between, yeah, Steamkin and, like, it just feels a little bit, a little bit dangerous. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being too too cautious and, and too conservative with it, but I don't know. It's a cool card, at least. I yeah, like for sure, for sure. I do, I do like it remember a lot. When, remember when people thought it was, like, the card that filled the, the two-mana slot? It's like, um, of that of that cycle, so you had, like, Stoneforge Mystic, Tom Glove, Snapcaster Mage, Barb, and then they thought it was Abbot of Carol Keep. Like, actual Patrick Chapin wrote an article about how that was the fifth card in the cycle. Yeah. Of, like, of like busted eternal playable two-drops that just, like, defined archetypes. Poor young Pyromancer. Hey, PZ's still great. PZ is great. I still think PZ's still definitely that one, but it's not a rare, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, unfortunately, because all the others are rares, and PZ can't be that because it's not actually a rare. Yeah. Um, so Chapin so was like, oh yeah, Abbot of Karaoke, this is definitely the one. I was like, it's definitely not the one. Just reprint <laughs> Young Pyromancer at rare and standard. There we go. <laughs> I'd be into that. Would I be into that? Oof. Maybe, Yeah. Probably with all the element with all the elemental synergies we have with the Chandras and stuff. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, peasy, right? That's that's there. Like that's that's yeah. Messages. Scrap that top eight. Let's just have Young Pyromancer eight times. There we go. <laughs> Print it. I also love. I also love peasy. Yeah, it's, just, it's one of my favorite cards. I love that card. It is good. Sweet. Awesome. So, so that's cards I would like to see reprinted. Whether or not any of that mm-hmm. will happen, we'll see. Um, yeah, should we talk about some cards that are actually being reprinted now, though? Yes, I'm very excited already, and I'm never excited about core sets. This is a, a turn up for the books. Yeah, so as a uh, time of recording, we currently have 34 out of 280 uh, cards spoiled or previewed, I guess, officially from uh, the M20 core set. Uh, where should we start? Uh, let me just start with the big one and the precedent it sets, right? Sure. Go so, being spoiled is uh, Leyline of Sanctity. Yeah, that was a surprise. Which is sick. Um, and I'm mainly excited about this because it suggests that it'd be a bit weird to just print Leyline of Sanctity by itself right yeah agreed it suggests that they would print the other Leylines and I need a set of Leyline of the Void yeah just to to own so So does everybody who plays any kind of eternal format yeah so Leyline of Sanctity this is is the kind of thing we're talking about with stuff like Chalice of the Void that would be a cool place to reprint it Um, and stuff like Crucible Worlds Omniscient stuff just like Cards people want that will never never see play in standard. I mean, this might see play in standard, I guess, if like there's a red deck or, or something yeah. like that. Um, but like cards that like seem fringe playable in standard that you just want to put back into the market because the supply is kind of low, um, and it's kind of a weird thing to have to try and reprint in in standard sets that are set on certain planes. Um, so putting something like this in is just like really cool and very very unexpected. I don't think anyone was considering that Leyline of Sanctity would be in the next core set. Yeah. Yeah, I, so I I remember hearing like 
hearing some rumours sort of around um, sort of towards the end of last year, uh, so sort of, I guess around September time last year, um, mm-hmm. that the that the ley lines were going to be in the core twenty twenty set, um, and then just kind of thought nothing of it at the time. I was like, oh yeah, that would be cool, and then as time went on a bit, I, I kind of thought, oh well, that might actually be a little bit difficult to do. Uh, could they be problematic or standard? Oh yeah, they're probably not going to do it. Whatever, and just kind of you know let those thoughts go away. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I was very, very, very surprised when I, I hit refresh on Mythic Spoiler and there was Leyland of Sanctity. I mean, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. That card's been creeping up in price, kind of. Yeah. I mean, actually, is it is it sort of played anywhere outside of Boggles? Leyland of Sanctity was it was sideboard fodder for a long time. Mm-hmm. Now it's just Boggles because it's an enchantment. Yeah. Um, but I think it is. It's just that precedent it sets that, like, if you're going to print one, like, you kind of have to print the rest of the cycle. Yeah, well, I guess they didn't in Monomasters too, did they? Which is where um, it was last printed. Yeah, that's true. But that was a master set and not a standard set. Yeah, it'd be sweet. I really hope they finish the set so I can pick up some goddamn violence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's really sick. I like that's a really cool one. And like playing into that sort of print cards that won't be playing standard, but will be cool to have for everyone else. Just into the format. Yeah, I'm a fan. Yeah, me too. Cool. What's your what's your next card? Uh, so next up, I'm gonna touch on the the promo cards that we've had spoiled today. Yeah, those are really cool. Specifically, reprints. Uh, we've got negate, which is amazing. I think negate should always just be in standard, like forever mm-hmm. and always. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've got the the nice shiny, formerly F and M promo um, look to them. So they've got like the um, almost kind of like. Like negative effect on the uh, on the, the text box, where like the colors are kind of like reversed, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, they look really cool. We've got negates. We've got a thrashing brontodon, which makes another welcome return. Just that destroy target enchantment or artifact effect is always good to have in standard, and having on like a decent playable body is great. Yep. Uh, disfigure, disfigure's back. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited about that one. That's yeah, sweet. me too. Big. Big, big fan of that one. Remember when people were playing Disfigure because Fatal Push didn't exist yet? Uh, not quite, but I, I would believe it, yeah, for sure. They were like Soltai decks where like you sort of wanted to play Soltai because you had like all the value cards and you didn't have a good removal spell. Yeah. But you could play like a Rup Decay if you wanted one minus removal spell, so you played Disfigure. Nice. Yeah. And then Fatal Push existed and nothing was ever the same again. Yeah, R.I.P. Goif. R.I.P. Goif. R.I.P. Goif, jeez. Remember when Goif was like a playable magic card? <laughs> just about remember when like that was like the pinnacle of like the best card in modern yeah remember those times i remember those times what a world ago <laughs> anyway so, yeah i'm glad this figure's back and then we've got mm-hmm. uh, two new cards well we have corpse knight so it is white black for a 2-2 zombie knight which has the ability of whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control each opponent loses one life and for some reason he doesn't have a neck yeah i feel like this is a very good card that's probably just going to see a lot of play in standard. Um, yeah, those those kind of like aristocrats style strategies are always good, right? I mean, tokens, it just gets played in like a tokens deck. It'll be good, right? Uh, yeah, I am one of my biggest bugbears with magic is when people refer to the wrong thing as aristocrats because it's kind of adjacent to aristocrats. Yeah. Aristocrats is sacrificing creatures. Yes. People keep calling the wrong things. Like people call like blood eyes um, an aristocrat. It's like, that's not an aristocrat, it's just a blood eyes. <laughs> Welcome Wrath Aristocrats and Aristocrats because it sacrifices creatures. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Corpse Knight's a sweet card though. Um, you are right. And he also doesn't have a neck. Yeah. Which is my favourite thing about the card. 
Uh, and then the other new card we have is Flame Sweep. It's two and a red for an instant. Flame Sweep deals two damage to each creature except for creatures you control with flying. Yeah, it's a cool card. I like it a lot. Yeah. Same. Uh, three mana on mini wrath at instant speed it's cool uh cosalex return saw some play and maybe this will probably see some play as well yeah that's true yeah and it also saves your creatures if you have like i don't know some flyers in your red deck some reason yeah you i don't know, know right you never know yeah maybe they'll reprint like peer and Karen and the Lara, and this will like save your thopters and then you get to just kill your opponent yeah maybe i don't know something like that something like that yeah cool so the next card I would like to talk about is I, th- I feel like I'm going to steal it from you go for it go for I th- it I think this is a card you definitely want to talk about right um, this is Scheming Symmetry yeah go off go off no, like this, <laughs> this, is, this is a magic card right so it's a single black for a sorcery yep uh, choose two target players each of them searches their library for a card and shuffles their library and puts that card on top of it right yep so that's that's Kind of Vampiric Tutor, right? Kind of, yeah. It has some of the same words on it that Vampiric Tutor does, and it costs the same amount of mana. So, this card is either terrible, <laughs> or, or, or really good. <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel like it's it's kind of like any of uh, any of those types of cards which look symmetrical on the face of it, but out there must exist a card or two or three or maybe even four that, for whatever reason, make this card not symmetrical um yeah that's the thing i think this card is either terrible because even when you're playing uh, unfairly with it and trying to abuse it it's still not good enough or because you're doing those things is actually really good so i think this card is very good if you can consistently immediately draw the card yeah agreed with something like a street wraith or a sensitive divining top r.i.p or a taxing probe r.i.p or uh I don't know. Like it's just with like with brainstorm or ponder or something like that. If you can if you can stretch the mana um, with things like that, uh, I think this is very good. If you can just sort of win that turn, yeah, um, or leverage it so your opponent's card doesn't matter. There's a lot of use cases for this. So stuff like uh, in standard, you have Ashiok, yeah, which means your opponents can't search libraries. So if you cast this, you just get to vampiric tutor, yeah. Because they can't search their library. Uh, no, no, it doesn't work with Ashiok. Uh, Ashi- oh, so, so, uh, Ashiok is affects your opponent's control uh, can't cause them to search their library whereas you you own this effect you control this effect so it doesn't uh, work it was just, that way I thought it was just players can't search their library no no I forgot it was I thought it forgot it was effects they control yeah. maybe your opponent's really stupid and they cast this when you have an Ashok in play maybe <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I meant to say or well okay so you have Ashok in play right yeah and then you cast this right and then you activate Ashok and they mill it yeah, there you go. There you go. There, there you, go. you go. Or you cast this and you have original Ashiok in play and you uptick Ashiok. Yeah. And hope they search for a sick creature. <laughs> or you, I don't know, uptick, uptick big to fairy and immediately draw the card and then your opponent immediately draws their card and you probably lose. Maybe. So I, I think in standard, like the best place for this is in Esper Control. You play it with uh, three mana to fairy and you just mm-hmm. get a plus to fairy and then cast it in your opponent's end step. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. And the thing is with the thing is with standard is I don't think it's powerful enough to leverage a demonic tutor. I know that sounds that sounds ridiculous, but leverage a demonic tutor where your opponent also gets to search for their best card if you're not taking that card away from them. I think it's fine in Esper Control. Like you play two of them, go down two lands, and then you get to like tutor up Commander Dreadhorde when you need it, or like a Teferi or a Narsa or just whatever you need. Um. Yeah, I kind of like that. I'm not. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. Um, we'll have to see how it goes. Like, I'm maybe I should just stop 
giving my takes on cards and like giving a definitive answer because I'm literally wrong all of the time. <laughs> <laughs> this will be Ice Fang Coil number two. Sure, sure. Which which was in itself Khan the Great Creator number two, <laughs> which I'm sure was a different card that I got completely wrong. Um, I mean, you have to talk about the art in this card, right? Yeah, the art is incredible. Like once again, Seb McKinnon knocking it out of the park. With, uh, yeah, someone it, else, it's kind of like a play really... on like um, your traditional playing card style, like mm-hmm. king uh, with like the dagger stabbing the other king. It's it's really cool. Yeah, is anyone else getting kind of sick of Seb McKinnon just killing it all the time? No, I'm really not sick of it. I really just want more <laughs> of it. Yeah, that's the correct answer. Um, yeah, this art's absurd. I, I also like that they're just like allowing this because for a time they were really going for like sort of realism and like video game graphics on their cards. Yeah, yeah. Um, sort of like you know make it look realistic and things that could actually happen. And this is such a departure from like traditional actual like art or, yeah. or any kind of like video game art. And I like that they're going back to that um, and allowing some sort of more artistic expression and like so you, you know whose cards are whose and they just look cool and don't have to sort of fit into this world. I guess. Yeah. Which is which sort of the king up at this point, right? Oh like yeah. His, for sure. It's very much stylized, kind of cartoonish stuff that looks amazing. Um, cool. So now that I've stolen the card that you're clearly most excited for <laughs> from this one so far, have you got another one that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, so I don't think this card is necessarily good, but I think this card is very interesting. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Atomsis, or Atemses, I guess, all-seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's yep. three blue, blue, blue uh, for a legendary creature, Sphinx. It has flying, it's a 4 5, it has two and a blue, and tap it, draw two cards, and discard a card. And now for the interesting part uh, it has whenever a Tempsey's all seeing deals damage to an opponent, you may reveal your hand. If cards with at least six different converted mana costs are revealed this way, that player loses the game. This card's terrible, what are you talking about? Yeah, it most likely is terrible and just will not be good enough to see play but it's the kind of card that i absolutely love just like here's a puzzle that has presented itself and now we want to like figure out the deck that can use this i just i just love it all on the win coins like they're 100 what i'm about in standard for someone that says he hates commander yeah <laughs> you sure like cards that are obviously designed for that format <laughs> sure and subsequently are completely unplayable in that format yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this card sucks, dude. I, I think it's a puzzle, and I, I, I definitely want to see somebody break it. Yeah, but like align the hedrons was a puzzle, but it was yeah. still terrible. <laughs> yeah, but it was great when you when you got it off and you won with it that one time. That one time out of literally ten thousand games. Yeah, yeah. Let me show you. This card's really cool. I, um, it's a cool character. I'd like to see some lore behind this as well. The art's really nice. Um, it's a big splashy thing. It's a yeah. Sphinx. I guess if you if you have a Sphinx tribal EDH deck, there you go. It's a nice <laughs> little Sphinx or a nice big Sphinx for you, I guess. Not little. Um, yeah, sure, it's fine. I I'm always surprised by the cards you're excited by. Sometimes <laughs> I was like, mm, weird black card that can be broken. That's technically demonic cheer if you play it right. Yeah, I can understand why Joe likes that big Sphinx that does things. What? <laughs> why? Why is there any reason you like this? It's just that uh, I always love alternate win cons, like, you know, approaches the second turn, or, like, even, like, lightning control, like, just locking your opponent out of the game, or Teferi, just exiling your opponent out of the game. Or assembling roughly ten drills. 
yeah, tendrils. Yeah, specifically ten of them. Uh, <laughs> or like paradoxical outcome. Replay a bunch of spells. I'll gain a hundred life and then activate this stupid artifact and dome me for fifty. Like that's definitely my kind of shenanigans. Uh, yeah, yeah I, while I don't think this one is necessarily a good win condition, it's certainly one that I, I would like to try at some point. Yeah, I very much prefer the combat step than uh, playing some magical magic with creatures. Yeah, um, speaking of the, so specific, you said specifically ten drills. Yes. Does that mean if you accidentally have eleven drills, you have to immediately concede? <laughs> How many drills is too many drills? Uh, there's no such thing as too many drills, to be honest. But ten is the optimum number. The optimum number of dr- nine is not enough drills. No, it literally isn't. Some, yeah, in some cases it really isn't. No. Yeah, because you get to untap. Yeah, your opponent gets to untap and then kill you in the face. Yeah, with something that isn't drills. <laughs> Sick. Awesome. So yeah, that's, that's a, in, in light sort of look at what the core set is going to look like. Um, thoughts so far? Um, it's a core set, but I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Um, there's some, there's like, uh, there's a couple of cards we haven't touched on. Like, there's a, there's a couple of new commanders for certain wedges. Like, yeah. that's cool. We have a new Naya commander, a new Jeskai commander that do some things we haven't quite seen those car- those colors do before. So that's always fun. Um, commander cards are good. Uh, do you want to briefly talk about the new Chandra? Because it's stupid. Uh, yeah, new, like all three new Chandras are pretty good. We'll see some of our standard play, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. The mythic one is ridiculous. Uh, she's <laughs> possibly going to be like some sort of finisher on like a big red deck, but most probably we'll just end up in a, a blue-red control deck. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's just incredible. Yeah, six mana with six loyalty can't be countered. Then plus two, you get an emblem that domes you for one every turn. Like you plus to get an emblem that hits them every turn. Yep. The hell? Yeah. Uh, minus minus three is a board wipe that specifically doesn't kill elementals. Yep. Because, you know, Nissa. Steam right? Just Steam I mean, Like if, if you get. If you get the you know the complete magical Christmas land hand with like Steamkin and Novice Pyromancer, you can just play this Chandra on turn four. Sure, I was mainly going for the whole like Chandra's and this is girlfriend thing, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely a, definitely a cute thing. I totally ship it. But you know, this card is the real deal. Yeah, and then minus X still X most target creature planes will give that permanent to the exile. Wait, yeah, it does. It does Chandra things. Yeah, um, I just think some of the, a couple of the designs on this card are kind of obnoxious. Yeah, and they can't be countered, and you get an emblem which currently maybe it'll change, but currently can't be interacted with them anyway. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, also the art is goddamn badass. Yeah, the art um, is really cool. I yeah, I, I can just I can just see this as being just you know one of one of the finishers in a blue red control deck. Um, stick it in like the other spells that can't be countered like Niv-Mizzet it just kind of feels obnoxious yeah that's the thing I think that's the thing about this it feels obnoxious um, and I don't really like that but I mean it feels kind of lazy like it can't be countered then it pluses to do a thing that can't be interacted with and then it minus threes to do a Chandra thing and then it minus X's to do a Chandra thing yeah I don't know maybe I'm just maybe I just hate magic <laughs> maybe I should just maybe uh that you hear it here first. Chandra awakened Inferno made me quit magic. Wow, it really didn't. I don't care. <laughs> I, really, <laughs> sure. I really don't care. Sweet, so, is that all the all the M twenty stuff you want to talk about? Yeah, I think so. I think that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to get in touch with your views on M twenty, do you think the set looks cool? Are you glad we got a core set back, or do you just not care and you're burnt out from Modern Horizon spoiler season? Mm-hmm. Get in touch with us on social media. You can hit us up on Twitter. We are at HWFDcast or facebook.com slash HWFDcast. Or you can get at me on my own personal social media. On Twitter, I'm at Peach Garden Oath. 
is O with an F, uh, or on Facebook, I'm Joel Howden. You'll find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. Come say hi. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I just, just, I post all sorts of things. If you're interested in hot takes or complaining <laughs> or, or socialism, uh, those are my three niches. Nice. Um, if you're interested to go follow that. Awesome. So that is pretty much all the time for this week. Uh, once again, we are. That's <laughs> all we have time for this week. Uh, once again, we are approaching the second hour. God Pharaoh has returned. So we'll see you again next week on Arrow Devastation.